Welcome back to the Trusted Visions Weekly Podcast. As we discussed last week, David, we're going we're gonna to dive even deeper into, we, we dove into the weeds with advisors and, and transitioning and broker dealers and, and wouldn't say we called them out, but we, we aired the dirty laundry and things that you got to look out for. So this month, we're doing the same thing with firms like ours, um, including us. And so this week, we're going to go into really how involved should third-party recruiters be and what are the responsibilities and taking it a step further of how after you transition should that third party be involved or help you grow and so we're missing Sean this week so we're going to do this first question a little bit differently where I'd like to kind of ping pong it back and forth with you and I David of how involved should third-party recruiters be because as we know there's some firms out there that are extremely involved. There's some that, David, I'm just throwing your name out to 15 different broker dealers and let me know when you close so I can invoice it. So how do you answer that question for our audience of how involved we should be in that duty diligence process? And that is a very good question because we we do get that quite a, quite often. And you're right. There's bit, There's a big difference between a lot of third-party recruiting firms out there and really what value they bring as far as just, you know, throwing names out there, finding people that are interested in making a move and trying to make those connections very rapidly and doing it in high volume. And that's really the big nuance that you have with trusted visions is we're not, you know, a a large, we're going to get a ton of advisors' names and throwing them all over the place. We just don't work on the volume side of the business. We've been doing this for so long uh, we want to focus a little bit more on our, and as I said many times on our podcast, we, we truly want to focus with our partnerships. So when we look at partnerships, we look at being a lot more involved than most third-party recruiting firms because we look at, we, we're asking some of the difficult questions. We're trying to find a good uh, position for them to be in. We're trying to find a good broker-dealer that's going to fit their needs. So we're going to ask a lot more questions than most third-party recruiters out there, and we're going to be a lot more involved with the process. That's when it comes to tech demos, uh, really going through the the details, stepping through that entire process with any one of our um, recruits out there and trying to find them a decent home or a a place where they can call um, home for the foreseeable future. So that's really one of the big nuances. We really delve in and get into the weeds is what what we've been saying this entire month is really sitting down with the advisor, figuring out what's going on. And that could be involved with, you know, as we mentioned, tech demos, going out and doing home office visits and being involved with it on that side of it. But again, like with any true partnership, it's a, it's a two-way street. And when you're working with a firm that says, hey, I, 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 we, we tell them up front how involved we're going to be. And then as a, as a true partner would be, we can discuss how much they want me to be involved and so on and so forth. And it also depends on the, the broker dealer that we're dealing with too and how much they want us to be involved. So again, it's it's a true partnership. We're going to talk through it and it's going to be different for pretty much everybody that we bring aboard, but we want to be as as, vol, as as involved as you want us to be, to basically be able to help you make this a really good decision and make sure that we cover all the bases. We look at the good, as I mentioned this all the time, that we're going to look at the good, we're going to look at the bad, and we're going to look at the ugly. And a lot of that involves with not only our communication, but how we work with our recruiting partners out there and how we uh, interact with them and their broker dealer that they're looking at. 
Yeah, and, and that's a good point is, you know, with, with us being as involved as we are, and I tell clients this all the time, it's not because we're trying to micromanage the process. It's because we're trying to ask the questions that you don't know to ask or don't think to ask. Um, you know, I was on a, an on-site visit with an OSJ and their advisors where the broker dealer was coming in to, to meet with them a couple of weeks ago. And there was a few of those advisors that, that asked me point blank at the end of the, the meetings, Jeremy, um, you know, why are you here? And, and I was a little taken back because I was almost like, well, do you not want me here? And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And they made the comment of, I've worked with other third parties in my you know, past, and they were never this involved. Why are you this involved? And, and so I started explaining it to them, and, and they made a really good point. And this was three or four of them individually. So they made a really good point is, oh, I see. So Trusted Visions is acting like our fiduciary, just like we do as our clients. And I thought that really resonated well of, of how to explain how involved we are and to our audience, you know, again, it's not because we're trying to micromanage the process, but we don't take it lightly that you're trusting your livelihood in our hands to go through this process. And there's a lot of questions. I was just on a call yesterday with a broker dealer that does net payouts versus gross payouts. And so this OSA is like, well, my advisor is going to show he's at an 87 when really he's at a 92. How do I explain that? Um, and, and then we started talking through more and more of the rep contract is going to show just the standard payout, but your group's at a different payout. Well, I had to dig a little bit deeper into that conversation because that matters. If, if you as an advisor within that OSJ, not that you don't trust your OSJ or enterprise leader, but if you don't understand it fully and, and can get the broker dealer to explain it to your advisors, you're going to run into obstacles. And, and that's what our job is, is as a consultant is to make sure if to eliminate as many obstacles and hurdles as possible, but also make sure that when an obstacle or hurdle is it's coming, that we're there to help you alleviate. So again, not taking anything away from other third-party recruiting firms, but we make good money when we when we place these advisors. And we'll get into compensation later on in, in the coming weeks, but you know, make those third parties, and if it's not trusted visions, make those third parties work for the money that they're making rather than counting on the broker dealer. So anything to add on that before I move on, David? Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head and, and it's almost as simple as saying, we try to be more proactive and to be proactive in this, in, in this discussions is it's line of sight. It's what's happening today. It's the conversations that are happening live. And when you're more involved, you can be more proactive than answering those questions rather than being reactive. And the, the, the sad part is if you're not involved with those meetings and you're not involved with the discussions that are happening live in a lot of cases, then you're just being reactive. Now it comes down to you're trying to overcome an objection or you're trying to get a little bit more data to get them more comfortable with it rather than you can just basically answer that question pretty much right then and there. And it puts everybody at ease and then everybody can really focus on what's at hand. Uh, what are the real questions that we need to get into? And uh, the sad part is it's this is it's such an emotional it's emotional time. Sometimes the uh, an emotional question or something that's a simple uh, question that can be answered right there live. If you can answer that question quickly and then move on to something that's a little bit more important in some cases, it, it can it can help the entire process. And it also cuts down the stress. It's a stressful time for everybody. And I think in a lot of cases, just to be able to be there and almost like you said, as a 
as a consultant and then sometimes a counselor uh, yep. to keep everybody uh, emotionally in check. And just so everybody sees my, my other coffee cup, one of our team members was making fun of, I always use my trusted visions coffee cup. So I'm mixing it up. I'm not going to name names, but I was tired of getting made fun of. So we're, we're good with that. All right. Sounds good. Moving on, David, to, to a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart. And when we're talking to these enterprise leaders or these OSJs, one of their main, main, main points of wanting to move is the ability to grow and grow through recruiting, I mean, they're still going to have the the organic growth with, with their current client book, but can you speak, and this is probably specifically because we can't speak for other firms out there, but can you speak to what OSJs or enterprise leaders should expect and or ask firms like ours of how we're going to help you grow? Because what happens is a lot of these firms, I wouldn't say a lot of them, but some of these firms Hey David, as an OSA, I'm going to help you grow. You go on board. That that third party recruiting firm gets paid, and you know what, David, I'm trying to help you grow, but I've moved on to the next thing. So, can you speak of you know what OSJs or enterprise leaders should expect and even demand from a firm like ours to help them grow, and and what we do that's different? Absolutely, and I think again, it comes back to that partnership. Uh, when you're involved with the transition, you're involved with everything that's going on. You, you've, you've got that partnership built. And the, some of the uniqueness I know you've done with a lot of our partners out there is we understand, you, they have to understand your value proposition. If they really want to help you grow, they have to understand that OSJ's business model, what they're looking for, what's their perfect client look like, who's going to be a good fit for them. They're kind of getting those, the, a, real, a lot of tough questions out there. It's like, okay, we've got We've got clients that we run into. Who's the perfect client that you want to you want to work with on that? And there's got to be a process. And I know with uh, a lot of our partners out there, we kind of even know what their payouts are. We we can sit down there and have those conversations with prospects and get a lot of the heavy lifting done before even those leads are sent over to the OSJ. So again, it's it's that true partnership of understanding what they're looking for, not wasting their time, just saying, hey, I got 10 new recruits that we uncovered this week. We're going to send you a list. Give them a call. See if they're going to be a good fit for you. We, we hope in a lot of cases that we're doing the legwork that goes along with that before they ever receive a name. So we're more down the path than usual. And then on top of that, I know uh, you've worked uh, directly with a lot of the, some of the big partners over on that side, and that's really working with them when it comes to advertising, you know, how to get their information out there, how to help them basically promote themselves. And again, aligning them with a good broker dealer, that's also going to help them do that. There's always a lot of promises out there from the broker dealer side of it is that we're going to help you grow. We're going to help you get big. We're going to help you get that done, but making sure that you have the right partner that's going to help you get that done is going to be just as important. And then even with a lot of our cold call campaigns, things like that, where we have uh, companies that we work with that will go out and call entities and we will partner with our OSJs, either their side, our side, but we work together as a partnership to offset cost and things that go along with that. There's a, there's a lot of money that Trusted Visions puts out there to help get that process moving. So again, there's another sign of a true partnership. Uh, we're looking at this as a we're going to we're going to find good leads. We're going to get the information over to you, but we're going to work together to see if we can make this to make this happen and also uncover some good advisors that would be a good fit for you and your OSJ. And that that's the key is we, we look at it as a, strictly a partnership. If we're not helping you grow 
and we don't really understand what your value proposition is or who your clientele should and could be, then uh, sometimes your third-party recruiter is nothing more than just a name provider. Hey, I've got somebody that's got a pulse that's interested in making a move. Here's a name. Give them a call. Yep. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because the, the entire trusted business team has spent time in, in corporate America for, for many, many years. And I don't know how many times or how many broker dealers have the tagline of the growth experts and, right. you know, not taking anything away from corporate recruiters, but I'll give you an example. I moved a, a big group uh, a year or two ago that their broker dealer was like, yes, we're going to help you grow. We're, we've got all these leads and they come on board and I think they've gotten one lead in the year and a half they've been there. And so really understanding and working, I, I strongly encourage large OSJs or enterprises to work with firms like Trusted Visions to really understand what it means when you're looking at a specific broker dealer from a growth standpoint, because not all are created equal. Um, and, and whether it comes down to one broker dealer requires you to pay half the recruiting fee for, for the trusted business team, some of them pay all of it, some of them don't pay any of it. So really digging into the weeds. Um, and to your point about being proactive, keep in mind, I mean, again, we look at it as a true partnership and, and quite honestly, an honor and a privilege when some of these large groups decide to work with us. And I wouldn't say that's our niche, but we certainly have a lot of tools and resources, which I'll get into but we look at it as a true partnership and an honor and privilege to where, yes, you're right. We do shell out our own capital to, to help you grow once you come on board. We, but when we have some of those, the, the marketing done, like you were mentioning, David, of you know cold calling, they're not calling on behalf of Trusted Visions. They're calling on behalf of you as the OSJ or enterprise leader. So I, I guess the old saying my mom always used to say is we put our money where our mouth is um, when it comes to working with large groups or, or OSJs. So I'm going to move on to the next topic. And I think, as I just mentioned, we, we've worked with several and continue to work with several large groups. Um, and it's not because we're better than anybody else or we're more experienced. I think we've really got a niche there, David, from the perspective of the tools and resources. And I can't take credit for those because, David, you, you know I am technologically deficient. Um, <laughs> But we've got a lot of tools and resources to help large groups make an effective move. In addition to the things that you talked about when it talks about hands-on and being in those home office visits and those off-sites and those tech demos, we also do a lot of tracking of, okay, here's, here's the broker-dealer's matrix for what each of your reps need to go through to get through the process and become effective with that broker-dealer. We track all of that for you. And I know some of our broker-dealer partners, we drive them crazy when we're asking for updates on a weekly basis so we can track our, our spreadsheets. Um, but then we also take it a step further and say, David, as an OSJ or enterprise leader, let's look at each of your individual reps and look at their production levels and determine what type of transition money you should provide to them versus what they can get off on the, get on, get on the street. Because from a retention standpoint, that matters. If you're not being competitive, those reps are going to start looking around and seeing what else they can get from other broker dealers. So we put together a true analysis of, hey, this is what this individual can get on the street. This is what you should offer them. And this is what's left over in, in the piggy bank for you. Taking it a step further, we, we do a fee and expense cap, um, comparison of, because your reps are all going to ask this is, hey, this broker dealer looks great, but what are their fees in comparison to the fees we're paying today? 
And so we take a deep analysis of this is what your current firm and your expenses are. This is what it looks like with, with this broker dealer. And I'll give you another example of a large group we were working on. The fees with the new broker dealer were about $35 more a month. But, you know, talking through with that OSJ or enterprise leader of, hey, explain to them that while it's $35 more a month, their advisory pricing is going down by 12, 15, 18 basis points. It's, it's a wash and it's actually more beneficial with the new firm paying that extra $35 a month. So that's, that's some of the things we do of, of tracking where each advisor is in the process, tracking you know whether they, they've done their licensing kit, whether they've done their fingerprints, whether they've done the pre, um, pre-transition checklist. Not all firms do that level of, of deep dive to make sure that you can retain your clients or your advisors when making this transition. So anything to add there, David? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, it, it's those little things sometimes in the transition. And I think by far, not only be able to negotiate it up front, kind of get everybody happy with what's being paid out, but the the tracking on, on the back end of every advisor in the process, how they've gotten this completed, have not got this taken care of. Because a lot of the a lot of the big firms have a lot of support on that side, but they're, you know, they're they're more more focused on trying to make sure that the clients get moved over and get things taken care of. And our job is to make sure that we don't run into any roadblocks along the way. And the the tracking the advisors and the progress through getting them onboarded is is just key. It's 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 just one of those things with you when you're dealing with a larger group. That's just something you don't want to have to deal with, but everybody has to deal with it. So it's the the those pain points that having a real true partner is going to you know help you navigate the 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 painful points when it comes through and making these transitions possible. As we said time and time again, nobody ever wants to do this. Anybody ever says it's easy uh, is just filling you full of bill of goods. And it's, it is a very difficult, uh, arduous process that goes along with making a move. And all we're trying to do is be that good partner and make it as smooth, as smooth as possible. Uh, if, if we can, if we can use that word, never perfect, but <laughs> never perfect, but as smooth as we possibly can. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, even yesterday, I had one of the OSJs we're working with conference me in and say, hey, can I bring my accountant or CPA on the phone? Because we're talking about the promissory notes and tax consequences. And by no means am I a tax professional by any means. <laughs> I was just talking through the ins and outs of the promissory note and whether he should pay off the, the advisor's loans or whether they should pay them off. And, and that's the little things that matter that a lot of our groups that we work with don't think to rely on, on people like us to help them navigate through that. And, it, and it's vital because what happens is if, if that call wouldn't have taken place yesterday, there would have been a huge tax liability to this, this OSJ's advisors with him paying the loans off versus them paying it off. And so those are the little things that matter. So I look forward to continuing down this path for the rest of the month about third-party recruiting firms and, and really dig into the weeds. David, as always, it's a pleasure. If you have any comments, feel free to comment on our LinkedIn page. Feel free to email us if you have any questions or want to talk about a plan B or, or some of the differentiators that we have at info at trustedvisions.com. And as David always tells me, I forget to remind people, follow us on our YouTube page, Trusted Visions Placement and Consulting. That way you don't ever have to look up the, the podcast. David, have a great week. Audience, thank you for all that you do. And we look forward to, to digging further in next week.